Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 23 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear on this podcast, I ask that you please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up with our guest today, Arun, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Arun earned a PhD in mechanical engineering for, from Virginia Polytechnic Institute and a master's in business from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He has been working as a mechanical engineer in several functions for the past 11 years and is currently leading a team of engineers working on industrial pumps and heaters at Generac Mobile Products. Welcome to the show, Arun. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Sure. Uh, thank you, Jeff. I'm happy to be a part of uh, STEM Nation uh, and happy to be a part of STEM on Fire podcast. Uh, as you said, Jeff, I started my grad studies uh, in uh, in the field of uh, computational fluid mechanics and computational heat transfer. Uh, this is the technology which is used to predict weather, design aircraft, simulating uh, pollution, explosion, etc. You know, my first job uh, included creating animations of similar flows and temperatures, uh, say over trucks in radiators, gearboxes, and all that. Uh, on a personal front, I would say um, I also have mentored a lot of middle school uh, teams uh, in, to build ro robots. Uh, you know, Le Lego Mindstorm uh, creates these cool uh, mini computers which they use to build robots. And uh, we get together, the kids are really enthusiastic about this. Uh, they have worked on projects with me, uh, which include building uh, robots which can listen to a command given by the team and they can execute the command. So you can ask the robot to uh, say stop, turn left, turn right, and it executes the command as uh, as it recognizes the speech. Uh, we also worked. We also worked on a couple of other projects, like an army tank which could shoot a round of ammunition and all that. Really exciting projects, you know. Um, from a personal front, I love running, you know, um, especially fall and spring season is the best time for me to run. Uh, run about uh, 90 races till date, and I hope in the next couple of years I'm able to get to that total of 100 races, you know. And do you, uh, do you run any marathons by chance? I did. Uh, so I've run uh, about uh, I've run four marathons. Uh, three should, uh, three of them were the Chicago Marathon, which is real fun. And then uh, one of them was a trail marathon. The trail marathon is another amazing experience. All right. Hey, thanks for that overview, Rune. And we're gonna dig right in here. So, for a lot of folks in STEM Nation, they're familiar what mechanical engineering is. But I always like to get the perspective from the guests on the show. So. Could you give some career opportunities that are available for mechanical engineers and maybe even throw in some MBA stuff? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, so... Uh Mechanical engineering is pretty broad. So, uh, if you if you want to be a mechanical engineer, you can help uh, answer a few questions. Say, if you want to understand how machines work, uh, as I mentioned earlier, how robots work. So, what can you do with robots? Uh, how they can be used effectively? Um, how to make uh, cars, automobiles, uh, say airplanes, ships, um, and even other things like say how to make a room comfortable. So with air conditioning, with uh, heat and all that. Uh, and there are other factors, other uh, facets of mechanical engineering like materials, you know. So uh, you can look at how things form, how they bend, how they break. Um, 
other other aspect is fluid mechanics where you can see how um, say water flows in a particular scenario or like how to uh, transfer heat from one place to another uh, so there are a lot of other a lot, lot of applications of mechanical engineering uh, I would say growing up um, I was fascinated by uh, some of the work which uh, my uncle did so my uncle used to work uh, for the Indian Space Organization and I used to hear stories from him about how certain things in the rockets worked and all that which kind of got me thinking about pursuing mechanical engineering growing up uh, it's really interesting for a young engineer who likes to uh, who has a lot of ideas in his mind and likes to implement those ideas I would say uh, mechanical engineering is a pretty good career field yeah so Rune we're going to circle back just a tick here where you're talking about the Lego Mindstorm and, and mentoring some students um, and as a mechanical engineering how important do you feel that knowing how to program or write software is in that field uh, as it, it is it is important so even if even though you're working on machines uh, there are a lot of times when these machines have to be controlled uh, so when you say control it's like the brain of the machine so uh, these days a lot of what we call the smart technology involves programming so it may not be very complicated like what a computer engineer or an electronics engineer may have to go through uh, it may involve some little bit of programming which may which has been made easy these days using uh, what they call as graphical user interfaces. So it's basically like a drag and drop thing. So you can pull, uh, if you want, say, a pump. Uh, you have a picture of a pump. You just pull it in, and then uh, you can say how it connects to some other device. So uh, some basic level of programming is uh, good. So we're going to get specific here now, Rune, and we're going to dig into what your specific area of expertise is. My current position uh, is uh, an engineering manager for the new product development. Uh, at Generac Power Systems, what we do is uh, we look at generators, we look at uh, light towers, which are basically uh, huge lampposts, which can work in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, uh, pumps and heaters are so my team, uh, which is the new product development team, is responsible for the next generation of products. So things which uh, most people in the industry or most people in the world have not seen, but will be seeing in the next five to 10 years. Um, to give you a more details of what I do, uh, just think about going to Dairy Queen, ordering a milkshake, you know, when you buy the milkshake, it's really, really cold. And when you try to take a sip out of it, you really cannot. It's, it's kind of difficult to uh, take a sip of the milkshake because it's at about say 20 degrees which is well below uh, which is below freezing temperature um, now one thing one side effect you would see is also that you get a brain freeze now let me put that to the side for now but th this is a similar scenario which happens say in the oil fields um, in northern Canada or Alaska as uh, as uh, the oil technicians pump up oil and it, as it reaches the uh, surface, it's at negative 40 degrees, which is much thicker than what the milkshake example uh, showed. So what some of our heaters do is uh, some of our heaters heat up that oil so that it can be transported over certain distances. It could be a few miles. It could be just 100 feet so that it gets into a truck from where it can be uh, transported. Now, going back to your question, Jeff, you had asked about how important uh, computer programming is. 
that's kind of where that brain freeze analogy comes in. You know, some of these machines um, are not designed for cold temperatures. So you may probably want to turn on a heater or you may want to slow down the flow. So all these is controlled by the brain of the machine or the controller of the machine. Uh, you would also see that these days cars have controllers, cars have brains. It's very similar to that. And uh, so that's that's where the programming aspect of it comes in into our day-to-day, -day, uh, into, uh, into my day-to-day -day work. Um, now, another aspect which is interesting about this is if you think about where most of these oil fields or, or the locations where these equipment is used is, is, it's in the middle of nowhere. So it's a few hundred miles from civilization. Now, where does this electricity come from? It has to be generated on the site. That's kind of where some of the generators we designed come in handy. So we run the generators either using diesel or even sometimes the well gas, which is available from uh, the oil site, to power the generators. So, Rune, could you describe what a typical workday might look like, something that our new professionals could expect in the real world? Sure. Uh, so the work in a new product development field is really fascinating. So a lot of engineering work goes in, a lot of brainstorming, a lot of new ideas. People basically have to take those ideas and develop them into something which is really useful going forward. Uh, so what we do in our day-to-day life is uh, we start off planning on how the project is going to work. And then what we do is we build these models on a computer. So we, uh, we animate, we uh, draw drawings on the computer. We have 3D models of the drawings, which is then interviewed between the engineering teams. This is where like brainstorming comes in. A lot of people put in their ideas. Uh, somebody takes somebody else's ideas, develops it further. And then the whole teamwork is where you see that you uh, you get to some of great ideas, some of the um, uh, some of the really cool products come out of these. Now, as a typical production on my team, we build these on the computer, then take these to our uh, expert lab technicians. Now, these lab technicians are really great hands-on people who can build a model from the computer model. So they can really uh, build a unit, build a life-size unit, and then we put it through some rigorous testing. So when I say rigorous testing, we simulate conditions in the in the test cell, uh, which could replicate rain, which could replicate really the harshest of winters, we could replicate snow. Uh, we run the machine to see how loud it can get. So all that is something which you can expect in uh, our day-to-day -day life and new product development. Yeah, so it sounds like a lot of upfront planning that has to go into it. Then you test, get some models running, and then you go test the heck out of it so that when you actually produce that product, it's a highly reliable system. Exactly, yeah. So it has to be a highly reliable system once it reaches the uh, customer. Yeah, you don't want those recalls. Those recalls get expensive. <laughs> exactly. All right, Arun, let's get very specific here. And what is one thing that really has you fired up about mechanical engineering, and where do you see it headed? So as a mechanical engineer, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I get this opportunity to put my ideas into reality. So we run through this process of building a virtual model, then uh, building a prototype, and then making sure that all these tests uh, prove out that this is a good product. Um, from, from a mechanical engineering standpoint, like other fields of engineering, I should say, 
the world needs it going forward. So you cannot replace certain technology with computers or uh, with simplistic things. We need mechanical engineering. We need electrical engineering going forward. So it is pretty essential for the survival of uh, mankind. Yeah, I'll say mechanical engineering, it's, it's, it's one of the broadest fields of engineering, but you find mechanical engineering everywhere. And you have to be multidisciplinary, right? You have to understand, you may not have to know how to write the software, but you have to understand what the software can do when it's interacting with your mechanical system, dealing with human factors engineering, right? The, the machine has to be usable. Exactly. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, uh, Jeff. It is very important to understand what the customer wants and how he's going to use it. So if you build a supercomputer for somebody who's just expecting an on-off switch, it is of no use. So that human factors engineering you are talking about, that is a pretty pretty crucial step in the design process. Yeah. If you're de- designing a piece of equipment that's going to be used on an oil field and you've got small buttons, but all these <laughs> the folks working on it are using big gloves, big that's gloves. just not going to be a, <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> right. All right, Arun, we're going to change gears here and we're going to go to an aha moment you've had, something that might help our STEM nation. Could you take us to a moment in time of an incredible aha moment you've had at work or your personal life and tell us a story and how you turn that aha moment into success? Sure. Um, generally, when going through uh, your design process in engineering, there are a lot of aha moments. One of the aha moments, which I still remember with somebody uh, mentored me through, uh, was uh, like looking at what we call a SWOT analysis. You know, this is not related to engineering, but it's something which we should do on a personal level uh, in our day-to-day lives. So SWOT basically stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So Strengths and weaknesses are something which are internal to you, so you control that. So those are your skills, your skill gaps, things you need to work on to improve yourself, things you're really good at, which you can use right away and impress the world, you know. While opportunities and threats are external factors, these external factors affect us, but at the same time, we need to be cognizant of how they affect us. We need to be aware of how they affect us. When somebody told me about this, I was like, okay, how do I take this a step further? How can I use it to my advantage? And then they were like, you know, for when you're, when you're setting up goals or when you're planning, look at your strengths and look at your opportunities. You need to combine your strengths with opportunities to build your short-term goals, to come up with your short-term goals. I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. So if I pick up this aspect of engineering and club with this opportunity, which is in the next two months, I can get to this level. So I can learn a new software or I can uh, build a new uh, program or I can build a new robot. So understanding this was really, uh, really a good thing for me. Uh, It helped me move up in my career quite a bit. It helped me finish projects on time. Uh, And it it also helps you understand what you need to avoid. So for example, if you have a weakness, it could be somebody else's strength. You may want to take somebody else's help that person's help in making sure that the job is still complete, that the project is still complete, while at the same time not affecting because it is a weakness for you. Yeah, and even if you have a weakness, STEM Nation, you know, the fact that you analyzed yourself for your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and you realize what weaknesses you have, that's opportunities for you to go off and and develop those weaknesses And just the fact that you understand what your weaknesses are is very valuable because you can build a team 
understand you have that weakness and pull people in to help bring that up. So do a SWOT analysis on yourself. It, you know, take 10 minutes, just sit down and think about it. And then remember that, write it down and then, you know, figure out places to go work and improve. So thanks for that, Arun. That's a great aha moment. Sure. Our STEM nation, you know, high school students heading off to college and these STEM curriculums are, they're challenging, right? They're not easy. You're going to be sitting in a library doing a lot of studying. So Arun, when you were 18, what do you wish you knew back then before you're heading off to college? A couple of things I would say, Jeff. So uh, I think the first thing I always recommend, I, 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 would have done better is have a study buddy. Um, maybe halfway through college, I realized that if I had a buddy who was with me while I was studying, who was in the same page, same frequency as I am, uh, he could help me keep focused. He could help me uh, with some things I did not know. He could explain me what those things are. It's like a gym buddy, you know, so if you're not able to lift a 100 pound weight, he's going to help you or help you up with it. Uh, the other thing which I always found was interesting or which is uh, important is pick up a hobby, you know, like pick up a hobby which is related to uh, the field you want to get into. If it's electronics, pick up something related to electronics. If it's mechanical engineering, it could be like a Baja project or uh, like a space program in the university or in the uh, school, which can help you develop interest in the field. So it gives you a wide exposure in several fields then. And uh, going forward, you can create a plan for the next four or five years as to what you want to specialize in and what kind of industries you can get into. Getting out of college and heading off into your career, you've had a successful career now of 11 or so years. What do you think is important as you transition from college into their careers? What kind of attributes do you think they might need? Sure. So especially for engineers or anybody in STEM, it is very important to have good communication presentation skills. Uh, Typically what you see coming out of college is... uh, People in the STEM field are really brilliant people. They're really sharp people who can solve a problem in like half the time the rest of the uh, rest of the world can do it. But if you can convey that idea to somebody else who's a layman, who is your customer, who doesn't understand technology to the extent you do, that is a that is a very good uh, skill to have. That can really bridge the gap between what you're thinking and what they want. You know, so that that could help in understanding their needs as well as catering what your skills are to their needs and help them out with their situation or problem. Yeah, absolutely. Communication skills are very valuable. Take those classes that are going to help build those skills up, STEM Nation, to help you be successful. And we're going to take a quick pause here, and we're going to thank our sponsor, Audible, who is offering a free audiobook. So you can head over to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com to get your free audiobook. And Arun, are you ready for that lightning round? Yes, I am. (laughs) All right. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? So I would say uh, more than what I received, this is something I uh, heard on in a movie. So uh, there's this movie called The Pursuit of Happiness, uh, which features the story of uh, Chris Gardner. Uh, Chris Gardner is a great businessman from Chicago, and it's uh, I would highly recommend the movie as well as the book. Now, uh, Will Smith plays uh, him in the movie, and he tells his son in one of the scenes that don't ever let every, anyone tell you what you cannot do. It shouldn't even be me. So basically, it's a very inspiring quote which says, don't limit yourself. All right. And what is a personal habit that contributes to your success? 
uh, I would say planning. Uh, planning is a really helpful habit, uh, which helps me both in my career as well as my day-to-day uh, -day life. Uh, so e even before you start the day, you kind of sit with your family, plan the day. So you're like, okay, at seven, I'll be here. At day like eight, I can do this. That kind of helps you figure out the whole day for you and keeps everything uh, keeps everything in line. You're also able to understand what uh, the risks and opportunities are if you plan really well. And what is your favorite internet resource or phone app and why? Answer the internet resource first. Um, there are these tools for free patent searches on the internet. Uh, there are several of them. So what patents are are basically they are inventions which are readily available for anybody to search and look at. Uh, so these patent tools are really favorites of mine. So when I have some free time, I would like to learn about some technology. I can just go in or uh, type in the keywords and uh, that gives me a good idea of uh, what the patent says or what the inventions in that field are. Uh, now going to apps, um, as a student, so I, uh, when I recently was doing my master's, um, there was an app called Scully. Now the founder of this app was on the TV program Shark Tank 2. This is a really good app which helps kids or helps students look for scholarships and keep us it helps us fund our education education yeah so parents of stemmers out there um scholarly if you're looking to help uh fund your child's education go look for those scholarships and what is one book you recommend and why Oh, I would say The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, so I think it's a book by uh, Stephen Covey. It's a pretty good book, and it will give you really good tips on how to effectively plan uh, your life, you know? So that, that's a pretty good book. Yeah, I'm actually listening to that on audio, so anytime in the car, <laughs> The Seven Habits is playing. It, you got to listen to that one over and over because you pick up things every time you listen to it or read it. There are really subtle things in that which you pick up when you listen to it multiple times. I agree with you, Jeff. Yeah, because there's times in your life where you're not capable of actually doing what it says in The Seven Habits until you get to that certain stage of your life. So, Arun, as we wrap up here, can you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation, and then we will say goodbye. Sure. Uh, as you pointed out, Jeff, and as we talked about, uh, it's pretty important to do a, a SWOT analysis on the skills. So if uh, it's okay to accept your weaknesses, it's important to understand your strengths and make sure we leverage our strengths to the maximal potential so that we can use the opportunities which come up to the fullest extent and work on your weaknesses for continuous improvement. All right. Thank you, Arun. And with that, we'll say goodbye. Thank you, Jeff. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today with Arun. Head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And again, if you're getting value, please share it with a friend. Tune in next week where we talk with Jennifer, who is a chemical engineer. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.